are emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host, Ron Baker, and on today's show, folks, Rory Ryder Friday. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure we told the story. Maybe we even told it last week, but uh, we're supposed to have Rory Sutherland on today. As yet, he has not connected with us, but we are still ever vigilant and hopeful. Uh, and if he does, we will certainly connect him in and get us going on that. However... We uh, need to be prepared for him not to be here. And did we tell the story last week, Ron, that he, when when he was with Ogilvy, he was, was, uh, they enrolled him in a time management class. Oh, no. Go tell that story. Because, yes. Yes. So they they enrolled Roy Sutherland when he first started, started off with Ogilvy, you know, obviously creative genius and continues to be to this day, but he... He's never been good with managing his time, <laughs> and apparently they enrolled him in a time management class. He showed up a day late, Ron. <laughs> well, at least he showed up. That gives me hope. <laughs> That's true. He did show up. In this case, it would be a, a week late, and now we're a week and five minutes late, but we got to move on. We, as I said last week, pros play hurt, so we've got to be ready to rock and roll, yep. uh, so Point we're going to call we're Plan B, which is Rory Ryder Friday, uh, affectionately named in front of it for for uh, Mr. Sutherland, who is truly a, a genius, and, and we will definitely connect with him. But um, just going on this week, Ron, I I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this, but so we're so we're free riding. I'm just making right. this up on the fly. Sure. So I just want to let you know. So I'm going to open and, and share this with you. I've started this thing with my son, where we're playing, we're trying to play board games with his friends, mm-hmm. right? And the game that we have started playing, we've done this twice now, is a game called Power Grid. Power Grid. Mm-hmm. And, the, and it's, 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 a, it's a game that's based on what you have to do is you have to build the following three things. You have to, you have to uh, buy power plants, right? They're, they're available on a market. And then what you need to do is you need to then buy resources to, for the plants, right, to use, whether they're coal, oil, garbage, nuclear, and actually there's also green energy ones too, which require kind of weirdly no resources, but we'll, we'll leave that out. But then you also have to purchase like cities, the rights to build in certain cities. And then if you connect your cities together and what's interesting about this game, a couple things. One, it's not the person with the most money in the end who wins the game. It's the one who powers the most cities in the final round. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to manage the resources, the number of cities that you have, the connection places that you have. Uh, you can block other people out from expanding. Really fascinating game, but it is very, very German. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like from something that, you know, Ruth Leist Wolf or something, some unpronounceable German name uh, game. And you can almost hear the game talking to you. 
like when at the end, like when it was somebody. And what's good about it is you don't really know who's ahead until the very end, no matter what. Hmm. Right. There is, so it's really strategic. There's a, you know, obviously a lot of economics in it, which is why one of the reasons why I, I um, I'm having the, the kids play it because I, it's f- fun to watch them adjust and learn things about this. And this is all 13 year old kids. So they, you know, they, they, a lot of math is involved because you got to add up numbers and stuff, but it's just interesting to see them each develop like these individual strategies. But the, but the, the game kind of says, well, well, you did not play efficiently. You lose. Uh, sorry. <laughs> it's, you, know, it's like, <laughs> you made a stupid move. You tried to connect Frankfurt and Dusseldorf and this is a bad move. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's General just, Bo Carter. Yeah, it's just it's, you know, <laughs> but it's very it's it's very German. It's just that's the only way to describe it. But it's a terrific game, and for those of you out there with with teenage kids or whatever, really recommend you take a. You can buy it on Amazon, so it's called Power Grid. I think I would want to play it with a group of adults. I mean, it's just, it's it's really that interesting a game. And like I said, you can make mistakes early on and still recover. Right. So, and, and it's, it's a, it runs about two hours. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but it's just, I, it, I honestly, one of the best board games I've ever played. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Power grid. That's wild. That's Power wild. Grid. Yep. Cool. I think you did tell me about that at some point. I remember mm. you explaining that the renewable energy is interesting. Yes. The renewable, the, though, so the, they, you have the, the, those power plants, you do have you have to buy them and they tend to be more expensive, expensive. and right. they tend and they tend not to power a large number of cities which is also right. interesting which is the objective of the game so there's trade-offs there there's trade-offs there that that's exactly correct and uh what i think is funny is there's they're almost a little bit of a bait right they're almost as they come up in the game there's you know especially for 13 year olds who are like oh i want the green energy right. you know it's like oh but you lose sorry you lose you did not play, play efficiently i'm sorry <laughs> is nuclear in there nuclear is in there yep nuclear is okay. absolutely in there yeah and and they tend to be they tend to power a lot of cities with uh, a little bit of resource, but the resources also tend to be expensive. And the way that the resources work is fascinating because there's a market for the resources, and the price fluctuates during the game for the right. different resources. So really, really kind of a neat thing. Loving it hmm. because didn't Germany shut down some of their nuclear? Didn't yeah, they, they did. They did. It, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, well, their their goal, I think, is to get off nuclear power by 2025, 2030. I don't know. Some some arbitrary date that they put out there. They want to get off nuclear completely. So it's kind of weird. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I used to like to play Monopoly. Didn't you post a video about a kid? Monopoly? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sitting there bawling yes. his eyes out because of the taxes. <laughs> For the taxes. It's the worst part of the, part game. Of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to life. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was funny. Yeah, <clears throat> no good stuff. So. Well, um, gee, Ed, this free writer, let's talk about an email that we got from our listener gear. Yes. I thought this was really interesting. Uh, Circle K is offering um, a subscription to hot beverages, right? As much as you like for a whole year. He gave us the, the local currency, but it, it translates to about 30 U.S. dollars per year. 
And we talked about this on one of the shows. I brought up the idea, why doesn't Starbucks offer a subscription for just, you know, all you can eat type of, of thing. Um, and these guys did it at Circle K. Yeah, and I looked this up, Ron. It, Circle K, is, believe it or not, it originally came from, from out of Texas, El Paso, Texas, is where 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 they started, and they're all over the South down here, and they have been since purchased, believe it or not, by a Canadian company. So they're they're Canadian owned now. I don't oh, know, like Burger King. Know, <laughs> yeah, like Burger King. Well, I was gonna say, I wonder if the, I wonder if that's probably I didn't get, see if the, maybe Burger King purchased Circle K. You know, the the. But wasn't there? Didn't there used to be like a book or a website? Who owns who? Yes, there. Yes, I that still exists. I'm sure, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's a cascading thing, but not available in the U.S. Not available right. in the U.S. This this subscription. So it's it's interesting to see. And I guess what you get in it. Did I read it right? The, the on the link that Gear sent it say it's a mug, a special mug. Yep. That you get, and curiously available in three sizes, but at least. By my reading of it, all of the sizes were the same price. Yeah, and I can't tell if the – it does look like three different sizes, unless they're just trying to be cute with the picture. But, yeah, um, three different sizes. I guess that's just for – I mean, what's the marginal cost to these guys, you know, of having oh, a right. small – right? Uh, that could be why they did it. Just whatever fits in your cup holder, I guess. Yeah, you know, they probably all fit in the cup holder, but yeah, there's only a certain amount of coffee that you can drink or, or right. hot, and it's hot drinks only, right? It's not, it's That's not right. carbonated beverages and stuff like that. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think that's incredibly viable. I'm, I'm sure we're going to see it. If I'm sure it's out there somewhere. We just haven't seen it yet, but I'm waiting for Starbucks or, you know, Pete's Coffee or somebody to do it. Yeah, I think it's coming. I mean, I definitely think it's coming. Yeah. I do too. So, uh, so, so thanks I, for that, Gary. That was uh, very interesting. Yeah, it was 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 good stuff. I I uh, I don't know, Ron. We we almost have to have a regular feature just on on subscriptions, really. I know I can't keep up with it because people right. send them to me now all the time. Hey, did you see this? Did you see that? And it's like, no, I haven't. <laughs> yep. All right. So uh, we've got let's see a couple of minutes before our 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 break here. Um, I wanted to maybe mention this one. Maybe we can carry this one over. But do you remember a couple of years ago there was a there was a book called Supersize Me? I think they, they, it was yes. that was a documentary yep. film then too, right? Fast Food Nation as part of that genre, yeah. Right. So the whole yep. deal was is that it was it was some guy and and when he went into a, a McDonald's and would order, he he ate there every day for like right. some period of time, and if they said do you want to supersize? He would say, yes, they would, right. they would only do it if they asked. Right. Right. And, and it actually since has since gotten them to change that policy where they, I don't even think they have supersize anymore. I think they just went back to small, medium and large. Now maybe it wasn't successful, uh, uh, but maybe this campaign has some kind of a, uh, uh, an impact on it, right. To get them to change that policy. And the guy sure. claimed to gain, I don't know how many pounds, you know, he gained weight, his cholesterol went up, blah, 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 blah. Well, this is a, a guy by the name of Frank Beard, and he recently did a thing. He, he has a thing called the Half Size Me podcast. And what he did, he did 30 days of gas station eating, food eating. He only eat Excellent. gas stations, right? So here's the thing. He, he said, I would go in and I would, what I, I would only eat at gas stations, but I could pick anything that was in the gas station. 
right? Anything that they had in, in the convenience store, right? Now, he says it was relatively expensive, but he says most cases I was able to get fruit, salad, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, all of these things. Sure. He, ended up, he ended up losing weight, lowering his cholesterol and blood pressure, right? So 30 days across nine states, right? Uh, he, he really did a, a great job. It felt, he said he, he felt great after all of this. And he said the food was extraordinarily fresh. And so, and he said, yeah, it was probably more expensive, but he lost, let's see, went from five, six pounds from 163 to 157. Now he wasn't dramatically overweight to begin with, but still, right, there you go. <laughs> the gas station diet. Wait till that becomes a new fad. Well, there you yeah, go. Atkinson, there's whatever people will be driving across country. <laughs> well, and his point was, he says, look, I, he says, I, he had lost weight in his thirties. I guess he had gained some weight and then had lost it and changed his eating habits. His point was, is not that you go in and you can't find crappy food. You of course can, right? But in uh, across nine different states, and I think it was a thousand gas stations or something over the no, it couldn't have been a thousand. That would have been way too many. Maybe a hundred hundred stations over the course of this thirty day period, right? He says, "I'm able to I'm able to eat healthy foods." Healthy food, yeah. So so much for the food <laughs> desert idea, right. and the, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, completely <clears throat> ridiculous. Anyway, all right. So we're we're round one of Rory Rider Friday. <laughs> is complete. I want to remind you that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the place to go for show notes and previews to upcoming shows is the website, thesoulofenterprise.com. But right now, a word from our sponsor. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. 
Welcome back, everybody, to Rory Writer Friday, because we're supposed to have Rory on, but he didn't make it again. So uh, don't worry, we'll, we will reschedule him and get him on. Uh, Ed and I, for one thing, we're relentless. So <laughs> <laughs> Rory's not going to get away with this. Um, and he's worth waiting for. So um, that, that, that'll be good. But Ed, we got a, uh, this is, this is a great thing actually, this Rory Writer Friday, because it gives us an opportunity to clean up some uh, communication we got from some of our listeners. And we got a great one from Michael Eads, uh, who sent us something out of Electrek, which was uh, something that quoted um, Musk, Elon Musk. Um, he argued that competitors make cars with no soul. Uh, And he says, and I think the biggest, this is Elon Musk, and I think the biggest thing about Tesla and the cars that we make is this is not designed by a soulless corporation. He added, they make all these cars that have no soul or no heart, and they wonder why nobody feels anything for them. Why should they? I I couldn't agree more. I mean, this was the argument that um, the guy who wrote the bean counters versus the car guys, and I forget his name. He was a VP of General Motors for a while, mm-hmm. and it was a great book. I have a review of it on LinkedIn, and this was the exact claim he made that we're just turning out crap. Yeah, we're turning them out on effic- efficiently. We're making all of our production targets, um, but they're just, they have no soul. They don't excite anybody. They're just boring, you know? Remember remember the old uh line from Pontiac, you know, we build excitement. Well, the, the counter was we build excretement. You know, there was just, <laughs> there was nothing exciting about these cars. And I, and I think Musk is right. I mean, I'm not a big Elon Musk fan, but I have to say his car is beautiful. It's beautifully designed. Yep. Yeah. Bob Lutz. Just Bob like Lutz. Thank you. Bob, Bob Lutz. Lutz. Yep. yep. Car guys versus the bean counters, the battle for the soul of American yeah. business. So yeah. right in the, in the, in the title there as well. Yeah, no, we, we have talked about Elon Musk previously, you know, if, if he weren't as big a welfare queen, I'd like him a whole lot more. Uh, I think that there's certainly some challenges that he faces now that the, the, what is it? The, the subsidy is no longer in place. Right. Um, I've heard there have been some complaints too about the quality of some of the later cars. I don't know about that. You know, I still has production issues. Yep, still has production issues, but I will agree with them that there's that, that there is they are missing a soul. Do you remember? Because I did this for the longest time. When did you remember naming your car? Like giving your when you were first driving, whatever car you got, like you give a car a name. Yeah, like, yeah. My my, you know, my my dad and Janine do that still. They have a name for every one of their cars. Name for their one yeah, of their cars, and yeah. that started. It was a practice back in the day when you were, I think, a lot more connected. Yeah. Yep. with with that right with the vehicle that sure. you had and you know so again we've I, I even talk about this in my project management class that one of the things that I, I strongly encourage people to do is, is to give the project that they're working on some kind a, of a name a name yeah you know uh, the, the you know the new accounting implementation not exactly like, yeah. no soul yeah yeah no soul Right. So we, we encouraged our customers when I was doing implementations to give the, the project a name. And when you give something a name, it's, you know, and this is right out of, you know, Father Sirico and Daniel Lappin. You know, every major religion has a, a, a ceremony, a naming ceremony, right? Sure. That where, where the child is a f- formally given their name in some cases, in some, right. some 
baptism, right. baptism, bar, right. bar mitzvah, right, right, right. Well, uh, and, and you know, given a given a name, bris, right, 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 right. You know, all, but where you get where you're given your name, and it becomes your identity. You know, we like our name, we respond to our name when we see our name, even other people who have our name, we're gonna we we respond in some way. But it also is because it gives identity, because there's a property of identity. I think there's that little bit of that soul that begins yep. to happen. So the, you know, the company that I work for, we had wave in our name, right? So oftentimes they would leverage off of, off of that, that we had, we did an awful lot of project tsunamis, mm-hmm. right? Um, the, I, I, we did, we did a wine store once, Ron, I don't know if I ever told you this and it, the, the, the name of their, the implementation was uncorked. Yeah. Cool. That was the name of it. Right. Um, perhaps the, one of the more interesting ones that I ever, ever did was, uh, they, they, they actually had, they started with one name and then, and then switched off of it. But the, the first one was Sisyphus mm, <laughs> project yeah. Sisyphus. Remember he was like, he was the guy who pushed, the rock, pushed the rock and, and, yeah, and kept roll, going over and over down every day, every, every time. Um, they changed that cause it was kind of the negative connotation and they instead went with dog star. Project Dog Star. Because they were, I believe, and you know, we'll probably have one of our listeners who knows this better than I, but I, I think their go live date was August 1st, which is the date that Sirius, which is, you know, the company Sirius is named after the dog star, right? Right, right. right. The little dog, yeah. right? So th- I think that's the day that it's highest in the sky. That's where it reaches its apogee. Uh, okay. Right. On, on August 1st. So I was like, Okay, let's go with Dog Star. <laughs> but uh, again, important note, I think that naming the project was so important. And I think going back to your thing, this naming of cars, we don't do it anymore. Yeah. We don't do it no, anymore. True. Uh, it wasn't one of the early Microsoft, uh, was it Windows was named Project Chicago or something? I forget, but there was, didn't it have something yeah, like but, that? You know, and, yes. And Apple, right? All of the time, they, they yeah. have a code name for all, all of their, their stuff that they do, right? They sure. have a, every project has some kind of a code name to give it identity. And I think it's, it's a big mistake that people don't take advantage of that uh, to be able to happen. But anyway, interesting, connected back to the, the, the Manhattan Project. This also brought, yeah. and I think I wrote this to Michael in, in our in our response, and we started talking about this a little bit, but the um, I remember the former CMO of Apple, this was back in the John Scully days, who he was Jean-Louis Gasset. Gasset, yes, thank you. And he used to talk about, you know, this isn't just a computer. He's talking about the Apple laptop more than the Mac, but the laptop, he said, this isn't just a computer. This is your mistress. And he got, he wrote something very sensuous about this. In fact, I think it's in one of Guy Kawasaki's books. Mm. And that's why I remember it so well. I could find it, I bet. Um, because you should see this memo he wrote about this. It's, it's unbelievable. I probably couldn't even read it on the air. Um, <laughs> but you know, he's talking about the laptop as your mistress. But, you know, there's something to that. There, a car should have a soul. It should inspire you know, excitement. And a lot of them don't. Now, I think it's gotten better. I really do. I think they are starting to put more thought into design and especially the interior and the tech, which is, you know, a big driver of sales. But yeah, for a long time there, they were just soulless. That Bob Lutz book was was really, was really well done from that perspective. 
Good stuff. All right, Ron, well, we got about four minutes left in our second segment of Rory Rider Friday. And since we are cleaning up some stuff, we got another review on iTunes, which oh, I'm very pleased about. I want to thank uh, Steve Chase, who, he, since he publishes his name on iTunes, I'm going to say his full name, which is fine. And as we, is our, our custom to re- read all reviews, Steve says as follows, I enjoy the soul of enterprise and highly recommend to those who want to have deeper understanding of business and economics. And Ron are very talented communicators, and it is with great pleasure that I can listen either live or on Friday afternoons or through one of the recorded episodes. I highly recommend this show for any bookkeeper or accounting professional who is looking to deliver the highest value to their customers. Thank you, guys. I've learned a ton from this show. Well, thank you, Steve. That's a thank you, Steve. Really do appreciate that. And uh, those of you who are listening on some kind of a podcast, if you could hit the pause button right now, right now. No, go ahead. I'll give you a minute. All right, now that you're back, after you've given us a review, we really appreciate it. So, Ron, thoughts on that review? He did a great job with it. Yeah, no, I follow Steve, I think, on LinkedIn and Twitter and, uh, and Facebook. So, thank you so much, Steve. That's, that means a lot to us. Um, this, <laughs> having folks out there that, that listen to the show on a regular basis, and we do get to hear from a lot of them in various formats, whether it's email or direct messages on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. But thank you so much, everybody. We, uh, it's why we do what we do here. Yep. Yep. Cool things. All right. Do you have a short one, Ron, that you can kind of squeeze in or get us started on something? We can pick it up after the break. Uh, yeah, I do. This is out of Bartleby from The Economist from July 27th. thought this was interesting because it was about he interviewed Charles Handy. And mm. Charles Handy is kind of known as the uh, British Peter Drucker. He's a management mm-hmm. thinker. He's written some books. Uh, he's now 86 years old, and uh, he, he's an Irishman. Um, and he just suffered a stroke, which I didn't didn't realize until I read this. So he's had to learn to walk, talk, and even swallow all over again. It's kind of like, you know, starting over again. And he said, but this experience has taught him a valuable lesson. Um, He said, the point of a hospital stay is to get you to recover as fully as possible. Um, And the problem is the nurses you know, they think, well, you might fall and hurt yourself. So they want to keep them safe and in a, in a hospital bed. However, you know, he said, this is the curse of efficiency in organizations. They focus so much on efficiency. In other words, we don't want you to be hurt. We want you to be safe that they fail to be effective in getting him to a full recovery. So he, he goes on to explain the narrow measures like cutting costs or reducing the inconvenience suffered by their staff uh, just, you, you know, is, is the focus on the wrong thing. In other words, this is the effing debate. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's, an, it's an, just another great example. And I do remember, you know, um, I think Drucker writes about it. Somebody writes about it. But hospital is a great place to be if, if there's an emergency right? In ER, I mean, their whole job in the hospital or ERs keep you alive. Mm -hmm. But man, once you get better and stable, that's like the worst place to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of all all the iatrogenic illnesses and all of that. That's why rehabs will say, yeah, hospitals keep you alive. Rehabs will, you know, we want to get you mobile. We want to get your mobility back. And that's kind of what he's talking about here. And I just thought that was great. So it's just another contribution to the effing debate there's probably a little bit more we can say about this but i know we're running up against a break 
Yeah, I think we are. And let's let's do pick that up because I think there's there's probably some interesting things that we can talk uh, a little bit about that. Want to remind you that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. We mentioned the website earlier, but also we do have our Patreon site now for those of you who are interested in listening to bonus episodes as well as our our un, our shows that feature no commercials. And uh, we call it the anti-kite version of the show. So you don't have to listen to the Greg Kite commercials in between in between uh, our, our Ron and I pontificating on stuff. But right now, uh, for those of you who are not on the Patreon site, which is patreon.com slash TSOE, a word from our sponsors. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are talking Rory Rider Friday, uh, where we have substituted in a quick Free Rider Friday show. Unfortunately, Rory uh, could not join us today, but he's stuck on the M2 again, Ron, which is... Uh, yeah. Didn't it shut down last week, he said, or it something? Did, it did and, shut down. It did shut down. So and pretty, we've both been on that thing. It's a nightmare when it's working. So it's I can imagine oh, right. what would happen if it shut down. It would paralyze that area. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. But uh, just picking up on your thing about the, the, his thoughts on hospitals. Uh, was it George Handy? Is that uh, Charles uh, Handy? Charles, Charles Handy, Charles, Charles Handy. Handy. His, yeah, Charles Handy. His thoughts on hospitals. Yeah, I, you know, I think that there's some really some serious things that we have to consider. It, like you said, hospitals great if you've got something life threatening, get you there, do whatever you need to to save you. But boy, do we have to to change this because. Um, as was pointed out by, of all people, Neil deGrasse Tyson last week, Ron, and hit a Twitter post uh, in response to the shooting uh, yes. of Paso and Dayton. Yep. Uh, there is still 100,000 deaths due to that are uh, iatrogenic, as you said, right, which is yep. 
not necessarily physician caused. It's right. It's, no, provider caused. Help me. Is medically induced. Me- me- yes. Yes. You know whether it's uh, you know a doctor messing something up or a nurse giving the wrong prescription or somebody getting a staph infection because they've remained in in a hospital too long. Right. So all yep. of those things are lumped in. But picture if the account accountants and bookkeepers killed a hundred thousand people a year on. I mean, oh, I know. I know. I mean, <laughs> FedEx, the airlines, uh, I mean, you name it, it, it would, we wouldn't tolerate it for a minute. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, some of it is, is in this name of efficiency, right? Hospitals were all about efficiency and getting people in one location so that it was easier for physicians to, to treat patients, et cetera. And we have to admit that this has become a serious problem. And all I'm seeing is hospitals that get bigger and bigger and bigger. I guess they try to build separate, you know, containment wards, right? And, you know, right, a lot of them are right, starting. Right. But I don't know if you can control that. I mean, you have, you have, have have uh, you know folks the janitorial staff? They're not going to be limited to where they're 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 going to go. I mean, I can't imagine that that somebody on on that team is going to completely you know be be com- de- decontaminated. And I'm not talking about m- an ICU. Yeah, I get it that those are going to be you know highly controlled. But that's not where these things occur. That's not where stuff gets moved from one place part of the hospital to the other. And, you know, I think we have to come to terms with this. And, and, and you know, I'm, I think we're, we're, we might start to see literally separate buildings, more and more separate buildings mm-hmm. where people go to co- coalesce, uh, coalesce afterwards. Right. Uh, and I hope so. Improve outcomes. Yeah. I, you know, my mom's been going through some issues and she was in the hospital and I'm every time man, I try and get her out as fast as possible. Just because of that iatrogenic illness, you know, and the doctors will sit there and tell me, yeah, but I'm worried about this, this, and this. And I'll look back, I'll look right, I'll look right at him and go, yeah, and I'm worried about iatrogenic illnesses. And I've, I've, I've said that to three of them now. And they said, well, I can't argue with that. That's, that's the response. That's the response. That's Seriously. the response. Yep. Holy I can't argue with cow. that. Yep. Holy said, cow. Well, you know, uh, either can I. Um, yeah, I, you know, so you're like think, fortunate enough to know about it. Well, I think that blows them away. Um, that, you know, you can use a word that they know, but, um, the other thing that kills me at is you just think about Intel. They have these where they build chips, right? These are clean rooms. Mm-hmm. Why can't we do this? Intel can do it with a chip. Why can't, I, I realize medicine is messy. It deals with people. This is, these are tough issues and I know they're working on them. Right. This is one thing. Atu Guande, you know, the author of the Checklist, Checklist Manifesto and other books. Right. He's a surgeon. Uh, I love him. He's a beautiful writer. Uh, and he, you know, he started an initiative to help this. And I know they're working on this, but boy, it just seems like we still lose a lot of people because of this. Yeah. Yeah. One thing sad. Handy did say to Bartleby in this interview, he also said, you got to love this, the drive for efficiency can also seem callous. Um, like, like managers tend to like things more than they like people. But, and he points out that they still call them human resources. You know, this is the guy, remember when we did the uh, replacing the annual performance appraisal show? Yeah. Right. We talked about his, met, which I love his metaphor of look at a, look at a playbill, right? The, 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 the director, they have a director of lighting, a director of, you know, things, but, you know, nobody's managed, mm-hmm. 
right? And the audience gives the performers feedback instantly. They don't have to wait a year. And I just, I love that metaphor. Um, he goes on to say that uh, education is an experience understood in tranquility. You look back and see what went, where you went wrong. And he thinks, and I love this, because we talk about the deficiencies with business schools all the time. He thinks business schools need to change uh, rather than encapsulating best practices, case studies, no. uh, um, and deal, he said the, the, the real challenge that business school graduates will face is dealing with the unexpected. Students student should spend time at small businesses or community projects and then write a report on how they coped. And that's kind of an after action review. And that is great advice. That is yeah. great advice. That is great advice. You know, I, I've been 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 thinking a little bit about this run and, and how, how do we incorporate some of this stuff into this show. I had a, a you know Russ Roberts who we're we're both has been a guest on the show and we both both love uh, just eviscerates that whole case study thing and a couple he often tells this story on the on his show where he was ta- he was talking to somebody who was the CEO of some fairly large organization and. After that, it went south. Something it went went wrong. And when Russ was talking to him to try to figure out, you know, the situation, the guy said, "I, I well, what I finally realized is that I applied the wrong case study, <laughs> right?" And you're just like, oh, "You don't get it, right?" You don't. Get no, you didn't apply the wrong case study. It doesn't work like that. It's the business is not a formula that you're looking to plug uh-huh. the numbers in from a different case study, and it's not going to work. And so I don't know if you had a chance to listen to Russ Roberts' show this week, but it was on learning and, and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, I have not. Uh, okay, so so I'm going to give you a little preview of it. But the last 15 minutes of the show is is him and this guy who wrote this uh, article. It's not even a book; it's an article on on uh, how do we how do we he this guy works for um, Khan Academy, mm-hmm. right? and how do we better incorporate learning. And one of the things that they, they talk about is that, that what needs to happen is that there needs to be some, some time taken between the hearing of what it is that you are hearing and learning about, right? And then you having a conversation with somebody, either physically on the phone or one-on-one or what have you, to, to reflect on the experiences of what you learned. And right. that is, is a, you then have a much better chance of incorporating some of that learning into what it is that you do. And Russ and this guy were talking about this, and I want to start to, to open this up to our audience as well, if you guys can share with us on this. What could we do to, to better incorporate some of the learnings for the soul of enterprise that you folks get? You know, as our, our reviewer said that you've learned a ton, what is it that you did, Steve? What is it that you did? To, to learn from us. I wouldn't just, just listen to the show. I mean, I get that, but I'm sure it has to also do with some practices that Steve does to I- incorporate this. And I was thinking what a great gift that you and I have, Ron, to, to talk to one another like this. And perhaps one of the reasons why we're able to, to distill some of the stuff from all of the books that we read is that we often just have conversations. We, we, and I think, you know, we talk about this education is, is really a social process. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I know you can learn online. I know there's been studies that have proved that. I know you can, you know, read, learn reading and writing in solitary confinement, but listening and speaking and communication that, that requires at least one other person that can't be done in isolation. And I think 
to some extent, education's like that. And this ties in beautiful with the last point that Charles Handy gave to Bartleby. He said, looking back over his career, he believes that teaching and writing is all about creating the aha moment, right? He said, that occurred, and I love this, that occurs when people realize that an idea the teacher or writer has advanced is both useful and something they already knew but had not articulated. Oh, man. How many times have you and I said, oh, my God, that's exactly right. Why? why I wish I would have wrote that or mm-hmm. said that or whatever. And just the fact that, you know, after you and I read a book or whatever, we sit down or, and have a chat about it, even if it's just preparing for the show, it mm-hmm. really does help me retain it better. Oh, of course. Of course. And then, you know, immediately put, trying to put it into practice it, it, right. at your next, you know. And, and here's the thing. I have gone back to books that I've read and looked at not only, you know, Kindle notes and all of this stuff, because I, you know, a lot of that is what the last five years or so, but all of the books on my shelf behind me and flip through them and I'll see an end note you know, or a note that I scribbled in the margin and, you know, do see here with an, a t- an action item, a to do, right? Like incorporate this. Right, right. And I have to say that maybe, maybe one out of four, like if I'm lucky, I did something with. Sure. <laughs> right because i they'll i know that they'll be make it take this and make a slide on it and then right. sometimes I'm like well i did and you know what i regularly talk about that right become part of the part part of the shtick become part of the conversation uh but it again it only happens at best one out of four times that i do it and part of it's just too a function of the quantity of books that you read. I mean, that can, you know, that can even slow you down a little bit um, in terms of actually doing something as a result of reading it. One, one thing I've tried to do uh, in the last few years, you know, I, I know we're both on Goodreads, is mm-hmm. I try, after I read a book, I always try and write a review of it. And, mm-hmm. and I don't mean a review like you would submit to a magazine article. I mean like the the my favorite points or least favorite points where I disagree, where I agree with the author. Just for me to be able to go back and say, oh, that's that was the premise of that book. Mm-hmm. And that's what I liked and didn't like, agreed with, didn't agree with. And these were the major points. Maybe there's a quote or something that you pull out of it. Um, but I, it, that's really helped me have better retention as well. It's actually mm-hmm. going back and doing that on Goodreads. Yeah. Yeah. And just incorporating those. But uh, I, I'm just wondering if there's, if there's something we can do from a, from a soul of enterprise standpoint that to, to, to branch that off, to make that a little bit more, more of a, a community of folks who listen to the show that we can, we can create together and, and right. allow that to happen, you know, uh, generate. And, and I'll tell you, and we've talked a ton about this, uh, even on the show, I believe, but that aha moment that Andy is referring to, you know, creating yep. that. Yep. You can only do the aha moment with a theory. <laughs> you can't do Bang. the aha moment with a fact. Sorry. That's not going to, yeah. that's not going to, that's not going to warp your mind. Yeah. All, all learning is theory. Otherwise, you yep. might as well just read the phone book. The aha moments come from the theories, like the subjective theory of value, the bottled water in the desert versus washing your dog, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. That's where you get the biggest slap in the head, I think. Yeah, I agree. You know, my, my, my mentor, Howard, calls them BFOs. 
yes blinding flash of the obvious obvious right it just it all it's like oh i get it now it completely occurs to me the other one is the uh the uh oh i see moment oh i see you know (laughs) but oh i see oh oh." yeah yeah oh i see yeah yeah no good stuff good stuff on that you know so excellent wide we're up against it and folks i'd like to remind you if you want to contact ed or myself like many of you do send me send us an email ask tsoe Barisage.com. We will post full show notes on uh, our Rory Writer Friday today at the soul of enterprise.com. And that's where you can also look for previews of show topics that are coming up. But now we want to hear from our sponsor, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And it's Rory Rider Friday here on the Soul of Enterprise. <laughs> I, I'm actually just liking saying that because I like I, your I, reaction to it, Ron. Yeah, I like the uh, <laughs> like the way it rolls off your tongue. It's great. <laughs> you know, sometimes sometimes serendipity is a good thing. Well, under the heading of funny, not funny. The, so I'm gonna get. I'll give the not funny part first, uh, and that is I'm. It, it is with with sadness that I announced that uh, Jennifer Warwa, who has been a guest on the Soul of Enterprise and also my other podcast, uh, the Sage Advice Podcast, is leaving Sage. Yes, leaving Sage. I was really bummed to hear that, but it's always exciting too because you know they're they're going on to something else, you know, a new page, new chapter, whatever. And that's yeah, always, no, I'm, I'm uh, happy for Jennifer. Yeah, I'm yeah. happy. I'm happy for Jennifer. And 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 but here's the here's the here's the funny moment. Here's the funny moment. Our uh, mutual friend, you know, Alan Salmon up in yep, Canada, right? Sure. And and who who uh, who has been in the accounting pre- profession? Oh, I think since 
right? He took over from Pacioli. I mean, right, right. Sure. Long time. He would say that too. And he, yep, would, he would say that. <laughs> so um, sense of humor. Uh, yeah, he did a great sense of humor. And he, he, when he heard about this, made a, made a post on, on Facebook. And my response, since it was him posting it, right? About, I, I said, sh- my only response was, she will be missed. Right. Well, there were people who took that as like Jennifer died. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> right? Read the post. Like, no, yeah. no, 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 she not. No, she's fine. Totally fine. It's okay. Just leaving Zade's going to be all right. Uh, so, yeah, so that was a little bit of a funny, not funny uh, moment, but no, Jennifer's alive and well and, 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 and moving on to, to her, the next chapter in her life. Uh, really interesting mover and shaker, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to have called her my, my Sage colleague for, I think 12 years. I think that's how long she was with Sage. I, I was, I was, I've been in Sage 16 and I think she came in a little bit right. after, but, after you. Yeah. But, um, please call her my Sage colleague for these, these, these past 12 years. So best of luck, Jennifer, wish you well. And uh, I'm sure our paths will cross again. Maybe have you back on the show as a, a guest. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And and just thank you, Jennifer, for all your support of Arisage over the years, and just your, you know, blazing the trail with this value pricing. I mean, she was one of the early ones out there that that really embraced this concept, as you did, as Sage did, and now everybody's kind of following behind you guys. But you were the early trailblazers that really saw this, and you know brought in a wacko like me and started working <laughs> together. So that's, uh, that was, that was uh, big. Yep. Big news. All right. What else you got, Ron? All right, Ed. Well, I should have brought this up on June 30. So I, uh, this June 30th, is June 30th, but, um, because it just slipped to the bottom of my stack. And, um, this was somebody that we had on the show on June 30th, Thomas soul turned 89 years old. Oh, happy birthday, belated yes. Professor Soul. So somebody we had on uh, um, on the Soul of Enterprise, it was in the first year. I know. I think it was December of our first year Yep. when we had Dr. Soul on. And Melton Friedman once said, the word genius is thrown around so much that it's becoming meaningless. But nevertheless, I think Tom Soul is close to being one. And I do think that Hayek did say, Thomas Sowell's a genius. That was like a blurb on one of the books or something. Just mm-hmm. Tom Sowell's a genius. Um, n- no economist alive today. And this is a, this is a happy birthday tribute out of the AEI. Um, no economist alive today who has done more to eloquently and articulately and persuasively advance the principles of economic freedom, limited government, individual liberty, and a free society. And then he went on to, and I believe this is Mark Perry, um, out of AEI, he go, he went on to talk about his favorite quotations from from Soul, and I, I can't read them all, but let me just give you one. Um, that uh, I just love this. He said, "Economics versus politics, too." This is because this is part two of a two part quote. He says, "The first lesson of economics is scarcity. There is never enough of anything to fully satisfy all those who want it." The first lesson of politics is to disregard the first lesson of economics. <laughs> so Sad we can bring down drug prices and we can make apartments available for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I know. It's and and and, and look, that that distinction I, I, it continues to be blurred with people, right? And that you know, uh, the difference between government and society, and and that that Thomas Paine pointed out years ago, the difference between the law and legislation, which uh, was pointed out by Bastiat, and you know, the, these these things are so crucially important. You know, no, I, th- there are people, and that's why what makes me crazy about quote our side end quote, you know, who just, I think, oftentimes do a terrible job at defending the morality of the free market system. Right. Right. Um, Which is why I I love some of the, you know, the brilliance. And we've talked about it, if not on the show, but on a bonus, you know, my, my, my friend, Alan, who, who wrote that great song, let's get Caesar involved, you know, right. Right. The Lord did not say let's get Caesar involved when he came upon the good Samaritan. Right. Th- th- that's not what this is about. And for, for people to think, well, you know, you guys are just greedy and want to keep your money. No, it's not that at all. And to that end, um, I, I did, did you see that father Sirico had an op-ed or actually it wasn't an op-ed. It was a, it was a story written about him uh, in the wall street journal. And it, it was the, the title of it is uh, when the market meets morality. So right, nice, right. nice little profile of Father Sirico. And there's two ways that you can get a hold of this. One, if you are a Wall Street Journal subscriber, this was a, a, a post, a, a story by William McGurn, M-C-G-U-R-N. And it was uh, a week ago today, August 2nd, it was was published. And he did, did really a, a terrific job of profiling father. But if you are not uh, a subscriber of the Wall Street Journal, we will post a link which is available through the Acton Institute, which is where Father Sirico is the uh, co-founder and I think president. And you can get a link from them. Now, you do have to do it in exchange for your email address to the Acton Institute. So don't get freaked out by that, you know, but you can cancel at any time. Um, get access to this article if you just uh, put that in. So we'll put a link to where you can get the full uh, article uh, on oh, if you're not a Wall Street Journal subscriber. So really great piece on on Father Sirico of that. And I was really pleased to see that happen. Yeah, between Father Sirico and Rabbi Lapin and George Gilder and a few others, uh, uh, Richards. Um, mm-hmm. um, Jay Richards. Jay, Jay Richards, Richards. Yep. thank you. Um, these and Michael Novak, these are the people that I go to for the for the ethical and moral argument for free markets, capitalism, whatever you want to call it, uh, because they do the best job explaining it, I think, mm-hmm. where it's not yeah. just about efficiency. I, I think we get way too caught up in that. Yep. And I would throw in Deirdre McCloskey in there. Yes, yes, and, de- definitely. And, and Donald Boudreau, who yes. just just continues to, to just impress. He had another great one this week on, on you know, wh- wh- where, where the, those that are, are harmed in say the uh, the 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 school the the financial the financial aid you know loan crisis right right, right. student student loan student loan crisis that's what I'm looking for so he did a great piece on that explaining yeah okay so yes there are people who are in dire straits but so the solution is to put other people in dire straits like, right. <laughs> you know, just spread it, spread the misery across more people, I suppose. All right. right. Well, we did it again, Ron. We got through all of this. So yeah, without Rory again, I know, I know. <clears throat> well, we will get him on. I think we're going to have to go to have him a pre-record with him. That's going to be our strategy though. Yeah. So what's up for next week, Ed? Ron, next week, we're going to give our tips to public speaking. And I think we, what do we tentatively title the show? Uh, 
it, yeah. Oh, oh, imagine the audience in oh, their yeah. underwear. Yeah, not, not don't yeah, do that. Yeah, don't, don't do that. that. Don't do That's that. Awful. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy. Sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, feel free to visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com. 